guest is ready to help us uh, wake up and live this morning. Let's welcome a team uh, guest, Mashadi Munareng, who's a speaker and a pastoral counsellor. She's also a healthcare practitioner. Uh, today we're talking about depression and the youth. Mashadi, a very good morning and thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Patricia, and good morning to the listeners, the A-teamers, and thank you for having me. Thank you so very much for joining us this early morning. Are you on duty mm. this morning? Because usually we speak to yes. you while you're in the hospital. You, How are things going in the hospital? You know what? Um, things are okay-ish, but just to warn the listeners that COVID is back. And we also have cases of um, swine flu as well. So I think to say COVID is back, it's just, an, uh, yeah, because we never really lost it. We married to it right now, just to take uh, standard precautions. So we are faced with COVID. We are faced with uh, swine flu. We are faced with yeah. cholera outbreak. Yeah. Um, yeah. From a healthcare point of view, I mean, what what should we do when you say we should take the necessary precautions for for all these that I've mentioned? Um, make sure that you wash your hands all the time with soap. You don't need to buy special soap, ordinary soap and running water. Boil your water for cholera. Make sure that whatever water you consume, because not everybody can afford to pay for water. So boil your water before you drink it. Take your vitamin supplements, you know, your vitamin D, your zinc supplements, and your multivitamin as a whole. Please supplement. If you can't have, not everybody has a garden where they can get organic food or uh, fruits and vegetables that supply them with enough vitamins. So your vitamin C's and what, you know, for this season, just supplement and eat healthy and exercise exercise it's not nice it's winter but yeah we force ourselves to mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. eat healthily exercise wash your hands with soap drink and lots water. and lots drink of water yes. and, and boil the water if you can't yeah. uh, buy it boil it um another thing that oh another thing that has saddened me is um seeing how especially in public um, health care facilities emergency mm. rooms are just so busy with traumas yeah. and um, yeah yeah yesterday i i got the saddest news um although i would not like to go into details with it of yeah. of how negligence oh um yeah oh yeah. yeah, of how how negligence in a public health facility uh, when someone has gone through a trauma can mm. can lead to to demise. What is it that can yeah, be it done does. for healthcare it does. practitioners? Because my heart goes out to healthcare practitioners 
who have to deal with so many um, issues, um, uh, what we've spoken about, the diseases, mm. but also mm. um, trauma. Um, because yeah. I don't think the negligence is due to people being inhumane per se. No. But the negligence and when a person is saying, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, it's due to the fact that there are just so many people that mm. healthcare workers have to deal with, yeah? And there's more people than there are staff. So what can be done yeah. to help them? We're speaking of depression. We're speaking of sadness. Yeah. Uh, what can be done for them? And I apologize, A-teamers, for being emotional. Um, yeah, no, we it's okay. A lot I, think, I think I love, I love what uh, the oh. previous speaker said, that it's time for us to be um, real with each other, to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with one another. And when I came in, um, I was so also down and overwhelmed because when we left the ICU, remember I'm working in critical care. And it's so unpredictable. You can have a recess just like that, you know, and, and you have to think on your feet all the time. And as you said, there's more people than there is staff. And also everybody's going through something, including organizations and companies. And everybody's looking at um, cost effective care without compromising um, the, the, the patients, of course. But um, where do we draw the line, you know? And so we left so drained and empty. We got home. I also left out at my daughter, went to bed, came back, and I had one staff member doing the same. And one of my colleagues said to me that we are all overwhelmed. And those words stuck with me, that Nyani, we are all overwhelmed. And this is the time where you have to sit back. And I think I'm, I'm glad that I caught the previous speaker just when he was saying it's time to be honest with ourselves and be honest with one another to say, look, I am not in the right space. And most of the time for healthcare workers, we are unable to say that because expectations are just so high. You know, uh, I think maybe we should speak to the families of healthcare workers because your support means a lot. The way you will treat me when I get home after having a morning like I did um, yesterday when I knocked off, will determine how I will get out and, 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 and give to the other person, a stranger that needs my care and love and support whilst having to 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 so outsource some of the resources you know we 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 i grew up in nursing where they say a nurse has to make a plan we improvise sometimes because resources are just so limited you know the supply chain is just so so limited so yeah and also the 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 community you know you find people where uh, we are we are taught to to uh, we, what we call triage, where we look at the, the the person and we look at the intensity of what they are going through, and we judge based on that. The one who is sick the most and who has the chance to be saved, we will attend to them first. But some of the community people. Uh, our community people, they don't accept that because I came in early, I'm on the queue, um, you must help me first. That's not how we should treat each other as human beings. So maybe we need to learn to accept that. Yes, I'm sick, I'm in pain, but there's someone who is sicker than I am who needs to be saved now. Uh, mine is not an emergency, I'm not gonna die now. Let them uh, receive care first. I think that could also help, yeah. Being considerate, that's what we need to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, being supportive and recognizing that yeah. it's not about just us, it's about everyone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just pray and hope this is going to our service delivery uh, issues. I pray and hope that our healthcare system can really be jacked up especially in yeah. public health uh, facilities. We, we need government to hear this, the minister, and the MECs. Briefing. We need yeah. them to hear that healthcare practitioners are suffering. They are under-resourced, yeah. understaffed. Our hospitals yeah. are not enough. Our clinics are not enough. Um, we need no. more facilities. We also do need more uh, mental health support for them. So that our exactly. communities are able to be taken care of. Let the taxpayers' yeah. monies go towards making sure that taxpayers are healthy and whole. Because can you imagine yeah. if there was no one, <laughs> no one to pay taxes? Sure. Then how, yeah. how, how, how would government survive altogether? So keep them healthy. Keep us healthy. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Ministers, I hope you are hearing. MEC, I hope you are hearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mashadi, mental health. Yeah. Mental health. Um, young people are going through a lot. Uh, we as yes. adults are going through a lot. I mean, um, yeah. I, I feel I feel sad and sorry for those who are not able to express their emotions, because we are told mm. that uh, crying or being emotional or negative showing showing not so positive emotions is a bad thing. Um, yeah. We are told that we need to be strong or toughen up. Yeah. And for me, strength is from divine. And yes, I'm strengthened, yeah. especially in my weakness by divine. But doesn't mean that yeah. I am the one who's strong. How do we, paying attention to the fact that we, as the adults, are also yeah. going through a lot. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. How do we, in our pain, in our anxiety, in our depression, start the journey of supporting the youth in their mental the health? Youth. Uh, I'm going to say this again. I think this person touched me. <laughs> Don't really, when they said, be yeah. honest with your, yeah, be honest with yourself and be honest with one another. And for us adults, sometimes we feel like we are the ones who are supposed to be strong for them. And we hide things from them. You know, they, they, there's something that my dad told me when I was an adult that I feel had he told me when I was younger, I would have understood the fact that he was a pastor. He was giving and giving and giving and he had no time to give me the love that I needed at the time. You know, and, and but I did not understand growing up because he was not saying it. You know, he was strong for, for, for our sake and for the sake of, uh, the congregation and for the sake of the ministry and also uh, the divine, you know, thinking that I'm doing God's work and this is how things are supposed to be. Um, my children and my family should be some kind of like a sacrifice. And so I find this also in us career uh, women, men and women, uh, our job, our jobs now in workplaces have become so stressful 
because the demands are so high. Like I said, companies are dealing with a lot. Justin J, um, looking at recovering from the COVID season and um, the pandemic and whatnot. And just when you think you're recovering, some things are coming up. Uh, you have to have uh, employees not coming because of cholera or because of swine flu or whatever, things like that. And so there is just so much demand on, on, on the workforce everywhere. It's not even about healthcare workers. It's not even about uh, school teachers or anything. It's everybody. We all in this together. And 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 so the the more we we learn to be to be open and honest with our children, let them understand that where we're coming from. Of course, there are boundaries. There are things that you cannot just put on the on the shoulders of a child because they don't have the 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 the, the capacity or uh, the, the 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 backbone to carry. You know, it's just too much for them. But there are things that you can actually let your children see that you are human. That's that's what I want to say. Let them see that you are not a hero or a heroine. You are human and you also go through stuff so that they can be able to open up to you when they're going through something because they know that then they're not abnormal. You know, it's, it's, it's normal. It's life. People go through stuff, whether you are a child or you are an adult. And, 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 and try to... It's not easy sometimes to always talk to your, to your child or, or something like that because you come from work overwhelmed. You just want that cup of coffee or you want to take a bath and go to bed. You, you don't want anything. You're waiting for leave that never really comes. But I think it's time to to debrief and, and to to re, um, regroup, uh, 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 debrief with your children, debrief with your colleagues if you have supportive colleagues and your family and also regroup sit back and reflect on things and, and regroup. You need that strength for tomorrow. Whether we like it or not, prices are going up. Inflation is high. Everything mm -hmm. has just gone so, yeah. So we need to adapt and adjust because it's not going to adjust to meet us. We need to adjust to meet the demands of life today. Mm -hmm. And so I think I think this is the time to sit back and think and regroup and and restructure and change culture perhaps you know we 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 are living in a season that calls for change in everything change the culture of your home of 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 your of your 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 family change the culture of a home and and, and your siblings change a culture you know, we maybe as siblings, we grew up competing with one another, maybe because our parents raised us a certain way. This is not the time to continue with it. This is the time to change the narrative because we need each other more than ever in this time and season. And I do agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you. I, I, I just want yeah. to also just add and say, when it comes to young people, when it comes to children, Adults should stop seeing them as ornaments in the family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long ago, they used to say children should be seen and not heard. That's not the case. Yeah. Children should be yeah. heard. Children are as yes. part of the family as you are, as much yeah. of an important element as you are. Children perceive yeah. our energies. Children yeah. see our 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 body language and reaction. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I believe that people need to learn this. People need to yeah. learn how to interact with their children uh, in a, like you say, have, have those boundaries, but learn to interact with children 
in a holistic yeah. and healthy way or else yeah. their children will not be able to talk to them. And yeah. if you are not ready to express something to a child, but they perceive it, at least tell the child you're not feeling good and you mm -hmm. will be okay soon. But always yeah. involve the children. And that, that's, that's my two cents when it comes to that. How, how, yeah. can we, how can we spot when a child is not okay or a young person? Especially the youth, because the youth are very, they're very different, you know, they go through hormonal yes. changes and so on. So how do we spot when they are not okay? First of all, we need to realize that it's actually difficult to, to see if they're acting because they are in the adolescent stage, because we know, we know what comes with the stage and all the confusion and everything. Mm. That is not depression. Uh, but then you need to see whether it is really uh, a person acting out because they are experiencing this stage and they are experiencing the body changes and they're experiencing this confusion. And somebody says, I'm a child, but I look like an adult. I feel like an adult. My hormones are saying I'm an adult. My mom is saying I'm still a child kind of thing. Or is the child really, really uh, depressed? And they, there's two things that we look out for in, 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 in youth, it's emotional changes and the physical changes. With emotional changes, you, f you see them feeling so sad, they cry all the time because they're not like adults. They, they can't hide, they will cry. And oftentimes it's, it's crying over nothing. And sometimes we might think it's, it's, it's like hormones or hormonal changes, especially for girls. Uh, they feel hopeless and empty you won't, they won't tell you how they feel. Sometimes they can't even put their finger to it, but you will see it when you talk, especially when you talk about um, academics or something that they really, really dreading towards because they feel like they cannot do it. And you sense a deep sense of, of hopelessness and emptiness in that, or they feel they are alone, they don't have friends, things like that. Or you will see them irritable or annoyed, uh, just like that, you know, uh, they they just come up with anger out unnecessarily so that are no way related to um, hormonal changes or ovulation or whatever. Loss of interest in 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 things that they used to like. Loss loss of interest in family. If you were a family that used to go out together or sit together at the dinner table or something like that, they suddenly become less interested in that. They want to be alone. They lose, they lose interest in friendships. You know, the friends that you used to know, that you used to see, are not longer coming around. They are always alone. And they're always in conflict with friends and with family members. They fight with everyone over nothing, really. Um, low self-esteem, not because they are shy, just, you you know, it, it's something that you pick up suddenly and they feel worthless and or they are fixated to a past uh, uh, mistakes, you know. They can't recover from failure. They can't recover from something that they felt that they, they disappointed you in. And that is something that I think as parents, we really, really um, need to look into. Uh, the expectations must really 
drop a little bit from our side at this stage because we see what is happening. We are also afraid of tomorrow because we don't know what it holds and our expectations have doubled up for our children. I think we really need to be thoughtful of that. And also we will see extreme sensitivity to rejection and they have trouble thinking and they're very, um, they, they, they very slow in thinking. They have trouble concentrating and what, uh, what have you. With behavioral changes, they are forever tired. We know that youth is, is supposed to be energetic, but they are forever tired. They want to always sleep or they can't sleep. They tell you they're struggling to sleep at night for no reason. They have changes in appetite. They gain weight or they lose weight, but it's abnormal. You can see it's not. it's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm a teen now. I want to look a certain way so that I can be acceptable to my friends or, or my peers. You know, it's something that is deeper than that. It comes with every other emotional um, action. They start using alcohol or drugs. Uh, that's their way of seeking attention. They, they, they become self-destructive and they fight at school. You'll be called at school like maybe every, every second week. When as a parent, you must go to school to sort out a problem that your child caused. They bully others or they, they disrespect teachers or something like that. They complain of body aches and headaches, the social isolation, poor school performance, less attention to personal hygiene. You really, really have to force them to bath, <laughs> you know, uh, or to to take to groom themselves. There's a, there's an age where we do that, and there's an age where it's got to stop. Where they now take, um, yeah, they 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 take responsibility for their own uh, personal hygiene. Now, if that doesn't happen, or, or it happened and then it stopped suddenly, then something is wrong. And also, they they engage in risky behaviors, disruptive behaviors, acting out. This they harm themselves. It's very. You, will, you, you do see adults with depression who cut themselves, but it's really, really um, rare cases. But with youth, it, you see it a lot. It's, it's their way of crying for attention. You know, they can either cut themselves or bend themselves. And also, they making, they're always making a plan, um, a suicide plan, or they attempt to. And most of the time, we come from from families where, you know, growing up, when you will be disciplined, then you like, I will, I will commit suicide, and they're like, no, let me help you do it. You know, yeah, sometimes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is in this season, our children are exposed to so much. They're exposed to so much information, so much, some of the music that is so depressive that they listen to, and some of the suicidal, whatever, weird stuff. They're exposed to it for, uh, through the internet. We didn't have those things, you know. And um, if a parent say, let me help you, thinking, yeah, I think I'm crazy. But for them, and also with whatever that they are going through, I think they're going through more than what we went through. We still had chances to play in the streets. They don't. You know, things like that. You know, play it's therapeutic on its own. They don't have that. So um, I think we really um, need to also look out for things like when a child starts talking like that, don't, I don't believe in sparing a rod. I don't believe in, 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 in not disciplining your child. That's what I mean. And also allowing them to manipulate you because they see you are afraid that they will die or kill themselves. Uh -uh, I'm not talking about such instances. But there are times where you see that this person is really meaning what they're saying because 
you can see you have a trail of uh, uh, behavioral changes that you've been watching as a parent. So the key is to be observant as a parent. Now, uh, Mashati, what or how do we draw the line between disciplining a child that exhibits some of these behaviors of depression and anxiety and suicide and, and supporting them because doesn't mean that when this child is having these characteristics they shouldn't be disciplined yeah mm. no sure so i am um, where do we draw that line i am learning to listen to my emotional reactions when i speak to a child i am learning it's difficult when it comes with such anger and contempt it's not normal then you have to rethink it. When it comes from a point of love and assertiveness that is healthy, then that is good. So you'll never know where you are as a parent. Uh, sometimes you, like when you are in a learning phase like myself, sometimes you 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 best and you, you, you discipline with anger. And when you sit back and think about it, you realize, no, but that was discipline, but it, the wording was very inappropriate. Don't be afraid to go to a child and say, I apologize. Though I see you did X, Y, Z, I don't like it. It's not good for you. It's not good for your future because of um, X, Y, Z. But my reaction to you also, it's not okay because I spoke to you when I was not okay. And so I feel the two of us need to start respecting each other. I, I speak about respect a lot between me and my children. Let's respect each other. Let allow me to respect you as a child and also so that I can get that respect back. Don't don't want to be a child that is always screamed at. That is disrespectful. Don't don't disrespect yourself to a level where you want me as a parent to disrespect you, always yelling, I must change my face and look like a beast before you can hear what I was saying like three weeks ago every day. No. Learn to allow me as a parent to show you that I can respect you and I should respect you because you are a human being. And I think um, it starts from there. And allow them to to be open. Uh, Allow them space uh, where there is no yelling, but we sit and talk. And if sometimes they are waiting because of uh, maybe the school that they go to, the type of friends they interact with, they, they say things in a way that we've been taught it's disrespectful for adults. You just tell them that that's not how to speak. There's a better way of saying things. Maybe if you say it like that, I hear you, I understand you, and I'm sorry if you see me that way. I'm sorry if I'm behaving that way, but maybe if you word it like that, it's much better. And, and, and protect yourself as a parent. Sometimes we... We leave a, a space for children to manipulate us and to disrespect us because we are afraid of disciplining them or because we don't really know how to. Um, sometimes when you discipline them, they say you are abusing them. <laughs> and, and so it's like you really, as a parent, feel like you are, you are treading on, on, on eggshells. You, know? you have to tiptoe around your children. No, you are a parent. It ends there. And they need to understand that they cannot use the word child abuse every time they do something wrong and you, you, you say no to it. They should understand that you are supposed to say no in certain instances and you really have to be uh, firm in certain instances and that is not abuse.
Mashadi, um, where can we get help for our children, uh, for the young people, or so, and also for ourselves? Um, you know what? There are there are therapists who specialize in family therapy. Maybe we need to start doing those. You know, um, don't don't make your child feel like they are some they they are wrong or they are a, a, an element of 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 destruction in your family simply because they are depressed. Let it be a loving environment where say we, you know. We are going through this. We, you know, uh, include everybody. Let them see that it's not them uh, so that they can be free and, 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 and understand that they are in a loving um, space where they can now open up. Because truth be told, it takes two to tango. You know? It's either you as a parent are contributing or it's their peers or it's your the academic demands that you are putting on them or that they have put on themselves because of certain personality traits. So um, um, normalize going with them and owning the problem with them. Uh, that's the first step. So that even when you come back with them, they're able to say, you know, I heard this person said this, but I'm struggling in this way or in that manner. And also you can be able to be a support where you see that they're missing something when they get homeworks and whatnot. So therapy for them really, really helps. And some would, would, would recommend medication, but I would say let it go to a certain level. Let them be weaned of the medication as soon as you see improvement so that they don't rely on it and depend on it to a point where they can't use their own skills to deal with challenges. Truth be told, life is war and challenges are imminent. We cannot live without them. And 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 as I say, you also open up to them when you're not feeling okay that they see that it's a normal way of it's just life. Sometimes we have our highs, sometimes we have our lows. And also when you see most importantly, when you see that your child or your teen is acting very, very weird, that you suspect they might be uh, planning suicide or anything like that, there are suicide hotlines um, that we can phone to get um, maybe help and, 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 and let them tell us how to watch them and help them. We can get them, uh, it's a 24-hour number, uh, 0800. 567-567, that is the suicide helpline in South Africa that is open for 24 hours. And watch the music that they're playing. Watch the videos that they're watching on internet. Be in control. You are still a parent. Be in control. Mashadi, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, you also uh, are able to help uh, young people and families uh, as you're yeah. a pastoral counselor. How do we get in touch yeah. with you? Um, they can get in touch with me on 081-802-6194 for questions. Uh, also, I prefer WhatsApp text because sometimes I can't answer the phone or whatever. Maybe I'm busy in ICU or I'm busy with other things, but I always try to answer as fast as possible. Or you can um, maybe go through to my um, Facebook page. You will have uh, maybe a WhatsApp page. Uh, button there that you can just click and send a text or inbox me on uh, Holistic Wellness Solutions with Mashadi Monari. Mashadi, thank you so very much for being such a blessing.
I can hear the machine You're in welcome. the background. Dun, dun, dun. You yeah. are definitely <laughs> in the hospital. Oh, continue yes. looking after um, our A-teamers who come to your facility. Will do so. Thank you so much.